0: Hi guys and welcome back to Waiting in the Wings with me, Lucy
1: and Anthony. Hello, listeners, <laughs> and welcome to the fourth episode now of Waiting the Wings. Um, so for those of you who are possibly new to the podcast, um, we are two uh, theatre lovers slash theatre creatives slash actors who um, are here to make this podcast to talk mainly about musical theatre and kind of the value of it in today's world. Um, so Lucy is going to be kicking us off this week with our first little new segment uh, called The Overture. So take it away, Lucy.
0: Okay, so um, RuPaul Drag Race season six winner Bianca Del Rio has just been announced to be heading into everybody is talking about Jamie as Loco Chanel slash Hugo from the sixth of May this year.
1: Stop it. Yep. Are you kidding?
0: Nope.
1: <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna have to go see it.
0: Yeah, we're actually gonna have to go see it again. And I would, would quite like to see Leighton Williams. That's so,
1: amazing. Yeah. So how do they book Bianca Del Rio? That's crazy. I have wow. no idea. Oh, that, but that's so weird. Because I, I, I don't really like the character of Loco Chanel. Isn't it a, bit of a weird character? Like for those of you that listened to our first podcast when we spoke about Jamie. Um, oh, interesting. I hope Bianca Del Rio kind of spiced it up a bit. Because I found that character so bland.
0: I wonder if he will retain his American accent.
1: No, or he will surely not.
0: I don't know though. Surely
1: not. But And also, isn't it going to be weird looking at Bianca Del Rio dressed as a different drag queen, not in her like classic <laughs> silhouette, you know?
0: It'd be weird to see if she changes her makeup because can she do that in like the time it takes for him to change in act two from um hugo to loco chanel
1: how exciting. Oh, we're definitely going to go watch it then.
0: Um, yeah, so Roy, um, Haylock, Roy Haylock is playing um, local Chanel slash Hugo from the 6th of May to the 29th of June. So it's quite a very short run. Oh, So okay. if you want to go see him, get your tickets now. I'm Damn. guessing right. there's going to be some diehard RuPaul's Drag Race fans yeah, that already got their tickets. Um, but he does have a bit of a theatre background. He was in a production of Cabaret as the MC.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. And a production
0: of Gypsy, but I don't know what character he played. <laughs>
1: Gypsy Rose. <laughs>
0: Probably. <laughs> um, so... Big has just been announced to be coming yep. to the Dominion yep. Theatre, yep, yep, yep. Um, which is on Tottenham Court Road, um, which is obviously replacing... Well, obviously, Battle of Hell Club. Battle of Hell finished a while back. Yeah. finished a while back, but that is coming um, from the 6th of September to the 2nd of November. Jay McGuinness is announced to be playing Josh. He run One Direction Come Dancing in 2015. Yeah,
1: so he was part of The Wanted, which was a boy band back at like three, four, five years ago.
0: Yeah. Um, he's currently in Rip It Up at the Garrick Theater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Interesting. It'll be cute. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Again, very short run, only from September to November. But it could get extended. Well, it's I
1: I believe if I'm right, White Christmas is taking over from it afterwards. So I think it can't stay any longer than November. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But I might be wrong there.
0: But it's being directed and choreographed by Morgan Young. When I looked up Morgan Young on. the internet i couldn't find a lot about him apart from that he was a both director and a choreographer so interesting. it'll be interesting cool. to i see. don't think i've seen
1: any of his work. So. um so Smash that's heart. very
0: interesting um so since it's opening um last week at the playhouse fiddler has now been announced to be extending all the way to the Yay! 28th of september um following its five star review on the what's on stage um yeah so it's been extended which is amazing yeah
1: this show is getting like unbelievable reviews like i th- I, th- I think it's going to be on for ages yeah um, tickets are so expensive at the minute though, so it's a bit ridiculous. You've got to get gotta get a bit ahead of the game with that one.
0: Um but we'll definitely be gonna see it. Maybe it can be an episode on the podcast.
1: I think it will. It will when we've eventually been able to get tickets that aren't <laughs> over when £100. When we've sold pounds. our souls. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um brilliant. It comes to our favourite part of the podcast now. Woo! Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Cult part three, guys. Part three. And now this is this is who we've been waiting for.
1: Yeah. The big And I
0: don't wanna say that we basically predicted this but but we we predicted this so joseph will be played by jack yarrow who is not even i can't even say recent graduate (laughs) he is a current student at arts ed um which is drama school here in london um and he played the lead in their one of their final productions of newsies as jack kelly and he has now been announced that he will be taking over not taking over but Becoming Joseph in the London Palladium as yeah. his professional debut um, this summer.
1: Which is crazy. Like 21 at, years old. <laughs> yeah, 21 years old to be playing probably one of the most iconic male figures in the history of musical theatre. But like, to be fair, like, I think if he has to step into a role in any sort of musical theatre show, mm-hmm. I think Joseph is a really perfect one to do. And from what I heard about him in um, Newsies, he got like phenomenal reviews and yeah. did such a good job. So I'm really, really expecting good things from him.
0: He's and been noted as like an outstanding performer for the new theatre generation. Yeah, of yeah. He's kind of alone.
1: the new Charlie Stemp, from what I, yeah. from what I kind of gather. So um, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Good on him. Uh, I'm sure uh, everyone at Art said is celebrating that. Which is very exciting.
0: And our final piece um, of our farewell at Au Revoir to Company, which yeah. closed on Saturday. A very tearful um, cast was seen on photos on Facebook. Um, and it was a bit of a worry that the lovely leading lady...
1: Yes, uh, Rosie Craig.
0: She had laryngitis She did indeed, yeah. Her
1: understudy, Jennifer Sayang. I'm going to butcher her surname, who actually plays uh, Jenny, I think. I don't remember the couple's all off by heart. I think she plays Jenny normally. She stepped up to be Bobby Mm -hmm. for a couple of shows in the last week. But obviously, Rosalie got in at 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 the the very last show,
0: Um, which is very, very Very sad as well.
1: Yeah, but also I feel like uh, Rosalie Craig's really pioneered this kind of new uh, take on this role of Bobby Mm. that I feel like it would... It would be weird to her to say goodbye to the show without doing the last performance. Definitely, you know? definitely. And obviously it'll be sad saying goodbye to the show as well. It's really done. It's I I think for uh, changing up musical theatre it's done a lot. I think people will look at musical theatre and how we can kind of gender bend and really switch things up a lot differently now. So sad to see that one go.
0: But it may but, return.
1: But it is getting replaced by the Lamez concert, so you'll win some <laughs> you lose. So.
0: <laughs> oh gosh.
1: So, moving on to our main segment now of today. I, first of all, have to be honest with you guys and make a formal apology. This is
0: a PSA. Yeah,
1: um, about my appalling behaviour in the last podcast. Um, I was under the impression that I had booked tickets to see a certain show called Follies uh, for (laughs) last week on Monday. Uh, the day before i went to see the show i checked my ticket and found out that it wasn't actually for the 24th of march but it was instead for the 9th of may so uh this week we will not be talking about follies but we will instead be talking about something even better lucy what are we going to be talking about this week
0: six yeah that was my budget depression. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly so um for those of you who haven't seen Six, it is a musical that has literally just recently come to the West End. Uh, it was originally put on Edinburgh Fringe by two, uh, I believe they hadn't graduated at the time. Cambridge University. Cambridge, Cambridge University students called uh, Lucy Moss and Toby Marlowe, so that was in 2017. Mm-hmm. When it got there, it was like boomed producers like all jumped on board and since then it's transferred to the arts theater where it did a brief performance in 2017 uh it then went on tour in 2018 and then returned to the arts theater this year um from the 17th of january and it's running for a a whole year i believe i don't believe it's 2020 yeah yeah. i believe it's going to be well it might be extended in 2020 but who knows um it also has just been moved to chicago so, uh, so they've just released a cast announcement of who's going to be playing the cast over in Chicago. It's so, gone overseas. Yeah, it's gone overseas as well. So, this musical is basically a pop concert about the six wives of Henry VIII. And kind of giving you a brief uh, story of each of them and kind of their lives that they had whilst they were with Henry. So, it's kind of a like fun little story, one that kind of everyone knows. Yeah. Um, and uh it won best off when production for the uh, what's on stage awards mm-hmm. which was a couple of months ago i believe uh, so it's already won that award which is still a very good award but has most recently been nominated for best musical outstanding achievement in music uh, best actress in a supporting role in a musical uh, best costume design and best choreography at the olivier awards oh. um so by the time we film our next podcast uh they will know if they've won any awards or not. Yeah. So it's crazy to think that a show as small as this one when it started off in Edinburgh has done so well.
0: It has boomed.
1: Um and I think it's really cool to see that new talent is still able is still being able to give the chance to make a massive show as six.
0: Yeah, especially without the producer heads of MacIntosh, without Webber. Yeah, exactly. It's got this very new modern risky kind of element yeah it. i think that's why it's flourished so much in the West yeah End. so
1: obviously like the producers are kenny wax and george styles who are very mm-hmm. big names in the theater oh, industry definitely. but like when it originally started it was such a small i mean you saw it when you were up in edinburgh two years ago yeah. didn't you so i a... saw it in
0: 2017 and it was incredible like the show itself the music and the writing a standalone, you watched it and you were like, this is something special. Yeah. This isn't something that you see at the everyday, especially at the Fringe where you see a plethora of very amazing shows, but shows that have been done before, so you see a lot of God spells, you see a lot of... Um, Spring Awakenings. Spring Awakenings. Yeah. And they're quite, I wouldn't say easy to put on, but because the shows themselves are very good, you see a lot of them at the Fringe. This was... The audience were just in it. And because of the immersive yeah, kind of... Yeah, yeah. Um, collaborative nature with the audience because there's a lot of engagement like you can cheer and whoop because again it is in this pop concept format um you just knew and it was sold out literally the entire month they went up there for a month which is obviously when we come on to talking more about edinburgh fringe we'll explain a bit more about that but like the fact that it sold out for an entire month brand new musical never not even they hadn't even taken a show before yeah so
1: exactly so like Obviously, like it's very good to see stuff like this happens because it is a uh, a British musical about uh, well-known British characters who um, and written by British writers as well. So, why why in your opinion do you think is it, it's important to showcase uh, new musicals? Because we spoke about this briefly when we spoke about Jamie. Yeah. Is that it's really nice to see stories that focus around British characters and British lives instead of obviously these big glamorous stories that either come from the States or they come from like big one musicals that we've seen before. So why in this day and age do you think it's important to showcase British musicals?
0: I think because it is a British story, everyone who goes to see this musical has some prior knowledge, yeah. which makes it accessible to a British audience. Yeah. And also, it's something special because it isn't—it um, isn't an overseas story. It's not like about you know the Queen of S- yeah. Spain. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like ours, it's isn't it? Ours. You know? it's like we can kind of think. Oh, we learned about that at school in primary school. I remember sitting in Mrs. Davies' class in Year Five, being yeah. like, "Divorced, beheaded, um, died, divorced, yeah, yeah, the, the
1: classic rhyme." Um,
0: and also the fact that it's like British. Um, women as well
1: yeah like i think it's so important because like especially with the west end at the moment we're being flooded by these kind of grand american transfers so we've Definitely. got we've got hamilton which is obviously an american story we've got waitress which really focuses on a woman's life in kind of like a uh suburb-y america yeah. uh we've got uh name me some others come on why am my blanket we obviously got wicked which is a big uh why am i forgetting his name Stephen schwartz musical yeah um uh we've got like
0: lion king which yeah is like lion king Africa, disney yeah, Ad- yeah. aladdin yeah. disney
1: uh so we're being sw- kind of swarmed by these kind of big commercial productions and it's really good that the voices of not only our generation but also british people are able to come forward mm. so that we don't forget necessarily our voice within the creation of musical theater yes now you yes, know yes definitely uh so with six what makes it archetypally british like what hits you when immediately you watch this show that makes you think this is such a great british musical because for me when i came straight in like you've got the six wives yeah and i was genuinely like when i first heard about this music i was like oh that sounds like such a weird idea like yeah. it's still really cool that you've you've got these like infamous characters in uh kind of you uh british history so when you're going through key stage history. The only thing I remember is the Tudors and the Henry Day's wives. Yeah. And it's so cool to take that kind of story and place it in this format. Yes. And to make these characters so British in the way that they're kind of presented in the modern day as well. It's really cool. So also kind of with the music as well, I think, because... It, it kind of, I think it follows a lot of girl bands of the UK. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. So, like, I mean, I can't pull examples out, but you've kind of got very, like, Girls allowed ish kind of yeah. sugar babes aspects. And I feel
0: like those are very British. Yeah. We've got the Spice Girls, which is, like, yeah. the like one of the biggest girl bands ever in the entire yeah. world. And I guess it kind of follows that same suit of, And, like, I mean,
1: when you think of a lot of big, famous girl bands, most of them tend to be British. Mm-hmm. Like, I can think of Destiny's Child when I think of an American... Oh yeah, but apart from that, I feel like a lot like of
0: Sugar Babes, Atomic Kitten, yeah, oh my god, Little Mix, yeah, like um, a
1: lot of the big, big uh, female bands from the past twenty years have come from the UK. Yes, so it's really nice to see kind of that story promoted in in um, in six obviously
0: and i also like the fact that they sing in their accents as well and yeah. a lot of the comedy and a lot of the um the quick wittedness of the characters is exactly. from their accent and yeah. from the fact that they're and like, british
1: wit as well yeah. i think yeah like, yes. like, so it's very
0: dry very yeah. like uh no way like actually, sorry, Greg.
1: so like obviously like we were saying before that this show is now internationally successful and mm-hmm. it's going over to the states how do you feel like this sort of british musical will uh uh, be taken over in the states because obviously like uh what's gone over matilda's gone over yes. to the states and uh did something else went over to the states i can't remember recently hadestown went over to the states which mm. are british musicals and have done like phenomenally well yes um but obviously they kind of rely on uh information that americans know so obviously the film matilda yes the book is... matilda and hadestown is off of uh, orpheus in the underworld which yeah. is a story that everyone should know it's very universal yeah Yeah. so obviously six is about the six wives yes which isn't something that americans are about because it's not part of their history yeah so how how do you personally feel a show like this will do over in the states
0: i think the show itself the fact that it's this new format they've kind of revolutionized the format of a musical i think that is going to be one of the main selling points not necessarily the storyline i think what the problem i think will be is not necessarily people um, not liking the show when they're there, but getting the bums on the seats in the first place. Yes. I think the ticket sales might take a little bit of a hit at the beginning, but mm-hmm. once more people come to see it, I can guarantee there's going to be... Because um, I feel like that kind of... with. Come from away, which you spoke about last week, when yeah, it first absolutely. arrived, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. was a bit tentative about it. Obviously, people who had heard about the success overseas, they all wanted to see it. I know you knew a lot about it because obviously, like your friends who were in Boston, they yeah. like said how amazing it was. So we wanted to go see it. But the more p- people talk about it, the more buzz there yeah, is all all word around. Of mouth, company. isn't it? Yeah, people are gonna go. So I feel like it's gonna happen with six, and yeah, unless no some of the British wit yeah. doesn't really translate, because uh, that's
1: what I think if if it's going to struggle anywhere, where it will struggle is the Americans being able to identify with the characters of the story. Mm, yeah. Just because we know them so well. And, like, even, for example, with the Anne Boleyn character, the way that I remember the Six Wives is that Anne Boleyn was always a bit of the, like, naughty one that kind of always getting in trouble. Like, even though we didn't learn about them in these sort of, like, modern-day characters, yes. like, they've really translated them well into kind of how they're British girls these days. And
0: there is a lot of the jokes that rely a lot on the history. I, and, I, um, and I know that... um just because you don't know a lot about the Six Wives doesn't mean you can't appreciate the musical, but stuff like, um, okay, ladies, let's get in um, Reformation. Obviously, that's a Beyonce reference, but it's funny because it's about the Reformation, like, of the religion. And if you don't know anything about that, you're like, that's cute, but what does that mean? Um, And I still feel like people who go see it, like, um, parents or friends they've been like well that everyone was laughing but I didn't really understand and I was yeah. like oh well no because this person was a Catholic and that person was a Protestant and that's why they clashed. That's yeah they that's didn't...
1: where I think is the history is going to be. The
0: comedy you... might not come yeah. as easy in the States. You,
1: you do need a sort of brief idea of who the six queens were when you get there to understand a lot of the things that they're talking about in their songs because like in my opinion the music and the message behind the story is its main phenomenal driving point. Definitely. That's what I come out remembering but for an American audience, I I don't know whether that will be enough for them if they don't get the story. Exactly. But we never know because exactly as you are saying for Come From Away, when I originally thought I was going to go see it, I was like, this isn't our story. This isn't a British story. So I don't know whether I'm going to get it or I'm going to feel like I'm part of it. But then when I came out, I was like, this is a story <laughs> is for everyone. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so kind of like to kind of round off that, do, do you feel like Six is an overall good representation of a British musical? And do you think it's kind of paving the way for good progression for British musicals? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah.
0: it's, like, one of the only musicals that goes back into history and in, in terms of, like, a representational sense. Like obviously, we have musicals that are set in in the past for, like, like Sweeney Todd. Obviously, that's, like, Victorian London. Yeah. That is correct. Yes? Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah like Victorian. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say it's Victorian. Yeah.
0: Um, um, but there's nothing that's really not like Hamilton where obviously that is real, yeah. real stories. This is like really cool. The fact that it's these six wives that you hear so much about, you learn so much about um, over the bracket, the umbrella term of Henry VIII. Yeah. And this is really like, we're going to smash the ceiling. We're going to um, revolutionize the whole um, different, how the wives all have these complex characters. They all have these complex storylines. And I think that's really, really cool um, representation of what we as Britain want to present as a musical. Yeah. I think that's really cool. And the fact that it's women, it's six women. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that that is what Britain is pushing. It's like, yeah. this is our musical. This is a British musical. Um, And obviously it's telling all British stories as well.
1: Because, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to feel like we're kind of jumping ahead of the game now because I always personally felt like the musical theatre world has really been led by Broadway. America. yeah. Because they come up, they just produce so many musicals and a lot of them transfer over to the UK. And it's really nice to see, although UK does produce a good amount of musical uh, every year or every so often, nothing really is dramatically changed. Like you still get these uh, either adapted musicals or book musicals that Mm. kind of are produced. So like uh, Matilda is an adaptation, Uh, Billy Elliot is another really big uh, British musical. Again, Um, again, it's an adaptation, same with Jamie, it's adaptation, whereas... Six, although it is technically an adaptation in the form of like it takes a story from history, it's really new in the way that it's presented, which yes. is which is really cool.
0: And I think the contrast between when it's set, which is obviously like the fifteen hundreds, contrasts with the pop this um, Beyonce-esque like um, showcase of these songs. That yeah. contrast is is comedic in itself. The fact that they're like singing you know there's the lutes in the background we have all these like different um tudor-esque musical instruments and then you've got like the house of holbein which is like this upbeat uh, german techno (laughs) song um which is great i was just it's just bloody brilliant So, now we are going to move on to our part two, which is modernising the musical. So, the format of six is obviously this pop concert. Um, It's female-driven, and it's um, one hour and fifteen.
1: Fifteen, yeah. It's not long. It's It's not not long. It's not
0: long. Um, So, what do you think of this format, Anthony?
1: Yeah, so, it's really interesting, because obviously we are very used to seeing a two-act, up to three-hour show. And I've always kind of had this, like, thing about musicals that it's very samey, just in the way that it's formatted so you have your classic, introduce yourself to the characters, then you've got your uh, uh, something goes awry, and then it's the resolution at the end. And I feel like Six really likes to change this up, which is something that I find is really interesting with how we're presenting musicals in the modern day. Because I feel like especially in now in today's generation where things are really getting shaken up in in the world and how we view things i think it's it's really good that they're taking on a different uh format to how they do the show so i think what is it uh nine songs altogether, ten songs including the mega mix at the end so basically, the show—how the show works—is that we introduce the queens. We're given a brief explanation of who they are. Yeah. Then each queen, through the order that they were married to Henry VIII, does a song, mm-hmm. which kind of interweave into each other with House of Holbein
0: yeah. being
1: the big one in the middle, and then the big six number at the end where they kind of are the ones that change up their, uh, change up their lives, um, reclaim their stories. Yeah, reclaim <laughs> their stories. Um, so obviously, it's also female-driven, which I know we've mentioned before. Whoop whoop. Uh, but for the musical today i don't think there's any musicals that just focus on women i might be making a sweeping statement but i can't think of anything that's popping to my mind that's been in the uk for the past couple of years that's only had female characters in it i don't think there's anything Um,
0: i mean you've got like smaller musicals like ladies of perpetual sucker and like really small where it's like just females but nothing that's
1: been this commercial nothing
0: this commercial like 100%.
1: And I also just love that there's this new uh, paving towards one hour shows or one act shows. Yes. I am really loving this today and this has come obviously Come From Away does this too. Yes, 100 minutes. Uh, Because it makes I personally feel like it makes a show rewatchable and as long as a ticket ticket sales are uh, or ticket prices are cheaper Mm -hmm. it means that I will go watch this show more than once or twice. Like
0: 100%. With
1: (laughs) something like Hamilton or something like Wicked or Waitress like I go see them once and then I might go see them again, but because of the length of them and because of sometimes the big ticket prices, I'll be like, you know what? I've seen it and I'm happy I've seen it. Might go see it on tour, but maybe.
0: And I think the one hour show and the fact that it is this um, pop concert style or structure it's um, earned itself really, just as you were saying to like repeat um, performances, their fan base can grow so much more because people can serial book these shows because of the lower ticket price yeah like absolutely. fans if they want to go see the show and see because i know a lot of them because six is only has this um, very small cast there's so six obviously queens and then they have three alternates they can go and see that show as with many different combinations. Like, I know some people like, who just want to see the show with every single combination yeah. of alternate with um, this person's this queen, this person's this queen um, because of the ticket prices and the fact that it's short.
1: Yeah, and it also is, is a really interesting show because you don't go in there sitting down expecting to watch a uh, an, a stereotypical musical. Yes. Like, uh, you walk in and you're immediately struck that it's actually going to be a concert instead and it really is a it is a Concert, concert vibe. Like, the
0: yeah. so Queen's Never, they always break the fourth wall. They're constantly talking to the audience. They talk to each other, obviously, and they fight and bicker and stuff like that, but everything's side eyes to the audience. The audience are in on the jokes, they're in on the jokes, they're in on the fun. Um, anna course, come to the audience and she dances with the audience you're so aware of your own existence and their existence and you kind of exist in this like bubble of six in the musical yeah you're like this is fine like this is so cool that um and we go along with a story and you support like your favorite queen and like, you whoop and bop and all that kind of stuff
1: yeah and like it's really interesting that they've grabbed onto that idea actually as well Definitely. because like obviously if you're going to play it as a concert you're going to get fans that enjoy that type of music and a kind of uh grown up with concerts of big girl bands being like their thing that they are uh spending their money towards definitely and that's a really big thing today especially in our generation is that pop concerts are the thing that we all go to like Mm -hmm. we go to festivals we go to stuff at the o2 and it's it's really it's good that they've grabbed that younger audience uh because it's it's a pop concert more than a musical that they feel like they can follow them more as a girl band than necessarily a musical
0: yes definitely which
1: is which is why i think it sold so well
0: Definitely, and I definitely think there's very blurred lines between the actresses and the characters that they play. Like they truly, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, these like Millie, people. O- yeah, Millie O'Connell. Like I see her as this weird, like mix between both Anne Boleyn, but also Millie O'Connell on stage. Yeah, you know? and I
0: think the fans really latch onto that. Yeah. The alternates, I feel like people, I, I think for this is for all the queens, but especially like um, Grace because she was one of the only. She was, the, she was the the alternate. She was the swing yeah. for all of their tour last year, and for Edinburgh, people love Grace. They don't love her as a character. They love yeah her. They obsessed with her. Like we've obviously seen. You went to see a lovely um, mental health in the performing yes, arts talk, yes. and Grace is one of the people performing. And yeah. the fans that came just mm. to support um, this. Um, obviously she's an amazing performer. Um, and I think they've really honed in on how big. This is going to get on social media by doing the cleverest, 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 cleverest thing, closing the show, which is the, you're allowed to take your phone out and film the very end, the mega mix at the end, which is like, I think, I think it breaks the show into a new frontier and I think that's why it's so successful because you see a snippet of every single queen, everyone's got their phone out. It's like you're at a real concert.
1: Yeah. And because they're all stood up partying at the end, like it does feel like they've been at a concert the whole time, even though like you are sat down pretty much for the most of it watching it yeah. even though it's still obviously a concert format um, but like it, going back to saying about talking about Grace it's, it's kind of that they're becoming stars instead mm. of instead of uh, just kind of musical theatre performers because a lot of the time like unless you're a big big musical theatre fan you don't tend to know a lot of names in the musical theatre industry unless yes. they're big like Patty Lapone's or Imelda Staunton's Yeah. but with kind of these queens that are coming through now they're really breaking the mainstream and they're becoming stars in their own right 100%. with fan bases yeah so you're you're not necessarily, again, going and seeing your favourite queen. You're going to see your favourite performer.
0: Yes. And um, I think you see that through the fact that, like, people will say, oh, is, is Grace playing Aragon tonight? Oh, I'm definitely going, like, people will rush. Like, I know Grace on her Instagram posts lists of dates where she is performing because I'm, I'm assuming she gets so many messages from people being like, when are you next on as Catherine Paul? When are you next on as Catherine Howard? Do you know what I
1: mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think we kind of kind of need to obviously talk about the story because that's a really important thing of kind of what it's shaking up again today. Um, so... This is uh, a kind of a kind of going into spoiler territory, but not not necessarily really because this is kind of a message that
0: it's historical. Should, um, yeah, it's historical. <laughs> <song>. yeah, everyone, <laughs> everyone knows what
1: happens to the, everyone knows what happens to the queens. But um, obviously we come to the end of the story, and we are kind of told by Catherine Parr's character, yes, who is played by the lovely uh, Maya Kwansar Breed. Sorry if I have got the surname wrong um but she the kind fan base of, is gonna come for you <laughs> yeah so the whole way through we kind of uh see that the queens are pitting on it against each other yes uh they're fighting for kind of the lead role on whoever was treated worst by henry VIII, and they get into this like climax moment where they're all fighting they've all said their part and they're like no it's me it should be me it should be me and then Catherine parr steps in and she goes why are we fighting over being the lead because of how a man's treated us We should be celebrating our stories and how we got here. And then she sings this beautiful song called I Don't Need Your Love, which speaks about how uh, she has this own story, but the only reason that she's remembered as a historical uh, character is because of the other five wives and Henry VIII, and mainly because of Henry VIII.
0: I think that's such a crucial point. I suppose she says, does anyone know who... uh..." henry the seventh wife was yeah exactly does anyone know who and then uh, like obviously there was a joke where someone's like yeah it was uh yeah 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 (laughs) prince Garcia of spain and they're like oh i'm i mean i don't know (laughs) like it's really funny um but so true
1: but it's really interesting because there's a line that she says in it which goes um and without him we all disappear Mm. which is fascinating because when you think about uh history you only think of male characters don't you or in in the in the majority. I've, obviously, there's a lot of female characters that have uh, come to be in history, but a lot of UK history revolves around male figures.
0: Yeah. So female icons of history, obviously, you've got people like um, Queen Victoria. Um, one of the things she's most notorious for is the fact that she wore black for so yeah. many years after her husband's death. So when we're talking about like strong female um, icons in history. You've got like Joan of Arc, and then like um, Amelia Bo- Earhart, B- yeah, yeah, and like Bo Um yeah. But then obviously, you never remember the wives. These stories are lost. Yeah. Of, of all these really, really famous men. Um, obviously, you remember King Albert, who's Queen Victoria's husband. Oh yeah, I was <laughs> like, I was like, who the hell is King Albert? I was like, I'm so, so dumb. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, her, yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You remember yeah, the men
0: that the, the went men against him, it. The, the man woman. behind the
1: woman. Yeah, yeah exactly. And
0: Boudicca's husband, and you don't know her name, but you know that he died, and that's when she rose to the top. Yeah. of the Celts. And all that. <laughs> yeah, so
1: um, obviously, like in the end, it talks about how Catherine Parr uh, wants to kind of rewrite their stories as the the six queens to make it more about them and their ambitions and their stories and what they wanted out of life to kind of unite as a band to then move forward there and they yes. seen this beautiful number at the end uh, where they say about how what would their life have been like if they hadn't have if they'd have just left Henry the Eighth and hadn't yeah. obviously uh, died or been beheaded or you know yeah. whatever? happened. Which
0: obviously there's a little bit of like um, theatrical license, like yeah, obviously yeah, of l- all those things like wouldn't have happened. But like, yeah, like it's, Jane Seymour nice. wouldn't have made a band. Yeah, but it's, but like, <laughs> but it's great. Like yeah. it's just like oh yes, like all these opportunities, and I think it shows that um, women have so many more options now, and I think that's what they're really highlighting in that last song. Yeah. Like we can't change our stories, but women of today let's go for it you can do anything like you write your own story i'm
1: gonna play devil's advocate a bit here lucy and i'm gonna ask you obviously because you are a woman so you will understand this so obviously this story is playing on the idea of we're going to change we want to change the idea of what uh female empowerment is and we want to push forward in our own stories yes but that only happens in the last 10 minutes let's say of the musical so In your opinion, what do you feel about this show, for fe- like a feminist, in a feminist way, yeah. about the first 50 minutes of the first five characters speaking about their anger towards each other and their uh, kind of battling towards who was treated worse by henry and that's their stories that they're presenting well i
0: feel like it is one of the main critiques of this musical yeah like if you're looking at it as a musical that represents female empowerment that in the main critique is the fact that they bicker amongst themselves they don't support each other there's a lot of um bad talking each other on stage which obviously is very comical for the audience the fact that um, a lot of the songs that are literally based around henry they kind of direct um, a lot of their like sassy comments to this imaginary Henry that kind of resembles the audience. A lot of the points, like in Catherine of Aragon's song, yeah, they like talk directly to him, making this like male presence still felt on the stage yeah. without him actually needing because it
1: does feel still all about him until you get to the yes. end, you know.
0: Um, but I feel the end in this production,
1: um. Do I? I think I know what you mean. Like when you say uh, the The, end overshadows. The end
0: overshadows. It's big enough to overshadow, overshadow the fifty minutes and say these songs are are great. But think about what we really represent. I think
1: I think it's making you kind of self reflect in a way. It's kind of saying like, oh, you've you've sat through all these stories, but we're here to change your mind. Like it's not necessarily being like, oh, we forgot that we're actually trying to be this kind of like female empowerment story. Sorry, you get ten minutes of it. It's actually being like. No, no, this is what you're like now. Stop, 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 We need to stop that, yes. and this is what we need to be going towards, yeah. but cause also, I feel like there are a lot of a lot of songs that still have a nice kind of female empowerment.
0: I definitely think Anne of Cleve's character, the reason why she is. Personally, my favourite. I'm sorry if anyone comes going to come for me, but <laughs> Anna Cleves is sorry like fans. a bae. Yeah. Um, her song is not really about Henry at all. She's like, I was living it up. Yeah. I was living my own life. I mean, life. there
1: is a bit of licensing with that one because from what I hear, of Cleves didn't have the best life in the oh, first no, place. she anyway, She was locked but, inside Richmond Palace. She couldn't yeah. leave.
0: And also she she couldn't really speak English that well. So yeah, but like, bad times. So. But
1: still, you know, like it's for her character, like in the modern day, I'm yeah. putting that in inverted commas, you know. Um, And also Heart of Stone as well. I think it's... Even though, like, she she was a kind of character that's like, I will always love Henry, it's kind of producing that idea that, like, she... Even if Henry was bad to her, she wanted to power through for not only herself, but her son, her family, you know? Yeah. So there's still these good aspects through each song that kind of portray these characters as still feminist.
0: Yes, but also as a visual production, you've got these six very different um, women. They all... um portray different things so you've got different races you've got different um sexualities yep. if you want to like go yeah, into like yeah. if they the, remember the blurred lines between like actor and also the performer you've got different um like hairstyles different colors like they all represent like this very um broad idea of, broad idea of women, of women which is absolutely brilliant and yeah. then um all these songs are like tailored towards that character's personality yeah. and although it does sometimes rest on cliches some stereotypes in there you've got like the little naughty like ambling character who's like yeah and then
1: you've got like that the kind of raucous like oh i'm gonna like sleep with everyone kind of
0: yeah um so you do you you obviously it does lend to some cliches but i think that the overall message is strong enough in this production i will repeat that we'll bring (laughs) i'll come back to this at the very end to overpower
1: yeah and also, not to forget to mention, it's all female band as well. Yeah. So
0: and they're insane. Yeah, they are insane, and, and they all get their own little moment as well. Yes, which is they nice do. Too. They all get their moment to shine, which is very nice to see um, the appreciation of the musicians in musical theatre because um, there's a lot of times where they the producer gets a bow, but the band is still playing on, and that's what I really enjoyed about Come From Away as well. Yeah. The fact that the band is celebrated as a equal part of the as a
1: as a, as a character on stage. You yeah. Know, like and as I think a, the part band of the production. Is
0: in in six as well um and also if any of you guys follow um six on twitter obviously they've just put out a big um advertisement they are looking for a new associate director to go on tour with them and in that advertisement it talks about the fact that they want a female or a non-binary to join their team which i really like the fact that they're stressing that they want yeah. female creatives I because it's so, so, important. so yeah
1: so underrepresented in the industry yeah. today and it's really good that kind of it's pushing towards uh, both
0: off, on stage and off stage because yeah. i feel like for six to push that message and then not carry it through in their yeah, own exactly. team would be a bit like hypocritical
1: yeah Awesome, so uh, let's kind of compare uh, Six as a modern musical to uh, other musicals and I'm going to say... Uh, some of the biggest modern musicals at the moment are kind of... When I say modern musicals, I'm talking about how it's kind of modernising it for today. So yep. um, so there's a lot of musicals that still kind of stick to the old musical theatre cliché. Uh, ones that I personally feel like are changing the game, uh, Hamilton is one. Yep. Uh, Be More Chill, which is one that's just been uh, produced over in the States, uh, which focus on, focuses on social anxiety with teenagers. Uh, Dervin Hansen and Jamie, they're the kind of the main ones that I think are kind of changing the game at the minute in musical yes. theatre. Um, how would you compare six to these ones? And do you think six is better? Do you think others are better? Do you think six has the places to catch up? Do you think others have places to catch up?
0: I think that, um, I know because I know there's been a lot of comparisons between Hamilton and six. Mm-hmm. And I think both of them have a great diverse, diverse cast. They bring this diversity element to a story that especially with the six wives are, although Catherine of American is Spanish and obviously Anne of Cleves is um, German, they bring a whole new um, like racial um, discussion to the table, which I feel like if you'd kept it stereotypically all white, it would have completely um, eradicated the fact that it's like all women. All women all together. Yeah. yeah, Which I think is so important. And Hamilton, I think does that the same. The fact that um, they've brought this, um, di- again, this conversation about diversity to the table, it's and like, it's why the story of any-
1: anyone can anyone, anyone could be Hamilton. That's yes. that's the main thing I think as well. It's a, it's a weird one because I don't really want people to compare Six to Hamilton because yes. I feel like they're they're two they're both made in completely different industries. So mm-hmm. uh, Six has come through the British musical theatre, whereas Hamilton's come through Broadway, which are very two very different things. And like Hamilton is a, obviously an American story, and Six is a British story. They Have a different format. Hamilton's yes. told through. Uh, kind of the classical musical theatre yeah. kind of a story in a book, whereas obviously Six is a pop concert. Yeah, And I I personally feel like these are the two main ones that are pioneering what we should expect from musical theatre today. It's amazing to see rap done for Hamilton. And I think that's where Hamilton has slightly their heads up in the game. But I think for uh, uh, presenting representation and something new mm-hmm. and grabbing a young fan base, I think Six is kind of a bit more
0: I also feel like for the fact that Limo Miranda had already written things like he'd co written Bring It On, he'd written In the Heights before he had written Hamilton, am I yes, correct? Yes, yes. yes. This is a brand new show as in like Lucy Moss and Toby Marlowe. This is their first thing that they yeah. have um I mean they only graduated university in twenty seventeen. Their show is already a commercial piece of musical theatre. Yeah, theater. I think
1: if they win Best Musical, they'll be the youngest ever Olivier Award like winners. Like, that I is absolutely
0: which... insane. And I think credit, credit is where credit is due. They um, they need to be, like, celebrated and yeah, held up there. The yeah. fact that, like, Limwell Man has taken this entire time before he's produced this um, absolutely fantastic piece of theatre, like Hamilton, and the fact that this is, like, one of their first things, like, yeah. wh- like they're writing new things, as you see all the time on Instagram. Like, yeah. Where are they going to go yeah. next? And obviously, like, that's like what
1: think. obviously, being a creative isn't about like age, and it's not like necessarily race. But I agree with you in the fact that because they are so young, it's such a big feat for Definitely. for new writers, especially that anyone can get to that point where you can have your show on the West End. Um, so, for example, for stuff like Be More Chill, Dear Evan Hansen, Jamie. So these shows take more of a look at particular lives. So they yes. look at the modern the modern youth, I think is yep. something that they really look at. How do you think shows like these compare to something like Six?
0: Um well I feel like th- especially in terms of like Jamie and, and Be More Chill. And probably dear Evan Hansen. I actually haven't seen dear Evan Hansen. I never only listened to two of the songs. <laughs> so <laughs> You should get on that Lucy. I should <laughs> need to get on that <laughs> It's coming soon. Um well it's all right. We can go see it when it's on the yeah. end. Um I feel like they're very, like, fixed in the generation that they were made in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas I feel like Six kind of transcends that because it's absolutely yeah. fixed in its um, historical point and also because it's it's already modernised. Yeah. It's kind of... I don't want to say the word timeless because timeless in, in, in any show is just a bit of a blurred yeah. word that people put on things. Like, it's timeless. But <laughs> yeah. I feel like Six is kind of timeless because yeah. it can be modernised. Yeah. The costumes can be updated and in a uh, hundred years, Six could still be performed um, with like new techno beats exactly. underneath the music, different costumes. Where I feel like Dear Evan Hansen, and Jamie and Be More Chill kind of exist in this.
1: Yeah, they exist in now. In, and in also, also I feel like Hamilton and Six have that advantage because they are for everyone. Yes. Everyone knows about the story of Alexander Hamilton. Everyone knows about the story Alexander of Six. Everyone Hamilton. wants to go see a pop show. And obviously, because of the hype of Hamilton, everyone wants to go see Hamilton. Yes. Whereas Be More Chill, Dear Evan Hansen and Jamie are successful in their own right. But that's because they've struck that fan base, which shows like Hamilton and Jamie also have.
0: And also, they're very fixed in the fact that they all talk about things like social media, about um, the, like... Um, it's
1: about finding yourself in the world of social media today, yeesh. which is what they, I think, those three... And just finding
0: yourself, like, although Jeremy's message is very universal, the show itself is a very fixed point. Yeah. Although yeah. we talked about, like, it could be set, like, in the early 2000s, it's still definitely in this, like, modern era. Of now.
1: Like, I, think, I think in about 20 years' time those three will be a bit like, oh, okay. Because hopefully,
0: oh. crossing your fingers, those issues won't be a thing anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Trump's president, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe um, going even
1: more backwards, we'll be like, please bring it back.
0: <laughs> please bring it back, we need it. Um, But it's great that these um, shows are still striking comparisons with this brand new show that is literally 2019. That's two years that it's taken them to be already up there being compared to the things like Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen, like, it's just insane
1: yeah so obviously like to round this kind of discussion up uh our podcast is obviously about kind of talking about musical theater as like a valuable form of art because a lot of people tend to look down a lot on musical theater or say that so. it's kind of cliche do you feel like six is enough to change the face of musical theater and be seen as a f- valuable form of art i guess it's one of those weird discussions of what is art though
0: yeah what is art um well i definitely think in terms of musical theatre 100% it's completely revolu- revolutionised yeah. the structure it's shaken up um, women and cre- um, creative teams on stage and off stage the fact that we need to keep pushing these female driven stories these yeah. um, especially to a younger generation it's got that young fan base as well so hopefully when they'll, they'll grow up and make musical theatre uh, this is something that um, younger creatives can look up to and say that is amazing that is what should be on every single stage obviously not every show can have um, all females, but t- retelling that female story is just so important. Um, and that's why I feel like it's such a valuable form of art. And the fact that the music is brilliant.
1: Yeah, really good. Compared to
0: something like, I know we talked about um, Jamie in terms of like the lyrics and how the music intertwines with the story. Like These songs are like, they give narrative, they give comedy.
1: Yeah, and I think in regards to theatre in general... It's one of those weird things of what, what do we call good art? Are we, are, is good art something that's intelligent and is made, meant, meant to make us think? Or is art meant to be something that kind of progresses our ideas? And I personally feel like, take away all the snobbery of what people view as good theatre, this show is not only intelligent in the way that it progress, uh, portrays the wives and how it's kind of intertwined that musically. Yes. But it's also progressive in its narrative as well. So I personally feel like, yes, this is a valuable form of art, and it should be uh, kind of considered up there with a lot of plays on at the minute.
0: So, for the reviews this week, I have decided to, because we're obviously talking about the rise of British musical theatre and the importance of retelling British stories, I've decided to take a review from each of the productions of six.
1: Oh, cool. So, okay, we cool, have cool. a.
0: The first review is um, a Broadway Baby review. It's when it first went to the Edinburgh Fringe, obviously in 2017. This review was written by Isabella um, Javert on the 9th of August 2017. Obviously, this is the university production. This review got four stars so um all amazing things they talk about um how it's um redefining the stories of henry the sixth wives and to a like contemporary um it's like they say it's like brazen glamorous truly unforgettable history lesson and you do get a lot of history this isn't just about these women very and very like the history is like sprinkled over it like it's really rooted in all these true facts um they talk about how it's slick choreography Um, mind-blowing harmonies and that was the thing when i first saw this production the harms beautiful beautiful um obviously they talk a lot about um how amazing the the voices were reminiscent of like adele and gaga beyonce that's um sassy it's got electricity running through this show um the standouts were jane seymour yeah. And um, Catherine Howard, who were played by Holly Musgrave and Annabelle um, Marlowe, which is Toby Marlowe's sister. Yes. She was in the original production of Six. Um, and they, she notes how the confessions of Seymour's unconditional love for a mother and Howard's sexual objectification are relevant in modern audiences today. We're talking about that, like transcending. Yeah. Um. So the downside, which I think is why I didn't get five stars, um, was obviously... Lyrics were joined up by the band, which is a common... Classic Edinburgh, Edinburgh, fringe. Classic Edinburgh fringe. Although they did have microphones, um, and the storytelling moves rapidly in each number, and if you miss a line, you miss a gag, which I guess is kind of true. Yeah, it
1: does move very quickly. It is only an hour, so...
0: Yeah. Um, and th- they talk about the lack of stamina with the woman, at the with the women, and there was some undeniably powerful voices were struggling under the strain of the choreography. Um... But maybe it's because they weren't, like, trained musical theatre performers. But to pull off this show...
1: I don't know how anyone... Because of the level of talent you need to have, I think, to be one of the queens in six. To have that done as a university production, like, props to them. Like, that's amazing. Claps, claps,
0: claps. Um, Then she finishes with this. Although these women are defying their labels and stereotypes attached to them by a patriarchally uh, documented history, they are still bickering over who is best looking who is best loved by a man, I know how many miscarriages they've had. Um, they are united by a girl power proclamation at the end, but I still feel that we may be marginalising these women by restricting their the- theatrical personalities to cliché.
1: Yeah, and I think I do kind of agree with that in the sense of you do see a lot of that predominantly in the show and that there's only this brief glimpse of that powerful message come the end.
0: Yes. Um, also with this production, I definitely feel the... The last kind of song, because, it, because maybe the stamina was lacking, by the end of this production, although it was amazing, and we were all talking about it and we wanted to go see it again, the end, the beginning, that ex-wives when I very first saw that, that was like punchy. I was like, what is this musical? This is insane. The end wasn't so strong as the beginning. Yeah. Whereas I feel like now, well, we'll see with the reviews, it's really switched up. Yeah. Um, And obviously the stuff about like best looking... Um, best loved by a man and how many miscarriages i think those are still moments where um changes could be made yeah especially in terms of like the miscarriages bit is always something that i've struggled with as a woman because i definitely think the conversation about um miscarriages and how common they are needs to be um told in modern society i feel like we're very kept in the dark about um our reproductive system and the fact that these are a lot more common than any women think like just talking to women my age like it's crazy how many um how, how it's just not talked about, it's like swept under the rug, but it's still that. It just every single time I've seen it, I'm just like, Oh, like I just don't know, yeah. And I'm kind of on the fence. Some people are like, It's great that they're talking about it and they're kind of like reclaiming it, like, Well, this is awful and this has happened to me. And then they have got other people like, No, like I've gone through that, I don't like the way that they kind of brag about it, yeah. I
1: think it's kind of because it's been used as a gag, isn't it? It's like, Bam, Bam, this is what I've happened to me. I don't know, I don't know, it's,
0: don't know. It, it's still that something. If you have any comments if you want to tell us about anything, please let us know. Um, Because it's made me very um, torn as a feminist and a woman. Um, But they got four stars. And that was pretty amazing. Pretty solid, yeah. Pretty solid. Okay, next review. (laughs) Um, So, this took a lot of finding. This was the stage. Now, this is a (sighs) three-star review of the um, Artists at London um, production when it got transferred to the West End. Now... If you've seen any photographs of this um, West End um, production, it was like January 2018, the costumes are completely different to what the um, West End has at the minute. They are not very coherent. They're like... Bit- it basically looks like the queens have been told, bring in an outfit that represents your character, and that is their costume at yeah. the show. So it doesn't have the same wow factor. I feel yeah. like the, pr- the... That like production value. Yeah, Definitely. Um. Okay. So, it receives a modest but professional cast, which is a bit rude, but that's fine. Um. Since like three of those women had been in Into the Heights in the West End. Yeah. Whatever. Also, sorry. This was written by Mark Shelton. Oh, so Mark. Shen- ma- Mark
1: Shelton. He's yeah. like the big, the big theatre critic. Yeah. Interesting. So,
0: Mark. He's savage. <laughs> um. But professionally cast West End showcase, though it still feels unashamedly um undergraduate
1: oh that's that is
0: then he says Savage. that's not meant as a criticism it's still refreshing in its youth and vigor there's not in brackets yet quite enough variety in the writing each of the wives strikes an attitude petulance defiance outrage is required holds it and then repeats it a lot <laughs> so it says Clearly heavily influenced by Hamilton in the way it applies contemporary musical and lyrical tropes to historical figures, there's lots of wicked influence belting here as one of some X-factor uplift. Um, though all far- the characters can feel generic and undifferentiated, they are bracingly delivered by a powerfully voiced cast. And that was the thing that struck me about this production, that their voices brought that university cast, although fantastic, just to the next level. Yeah. And still to this day, I do feel like the voices of that first cast, they were cast because they sounded top-notch. Yeah. Like, when they sang together, controversially, I think that's the best six has ever sounded.
1: Well, they... It, they didn't dance a lot in that production, today, So they kind of had to uh, uh, find more triple threats for the new... 100%. The new production. It's weird because, like, that... that It's talking a lot about tropes and cliches and stereotypes of women, which, which is hard because you, you've got to take these characters from history and place them in now. And I personally don't feel like these are stereotypes of women.
0: Mm.
1: I don't know how you feel, obviously, being a woman. But, yeah. like, it's... I I see it more as them as a person like I see Catherine Howard as Amy Atkinson like mm. I don't know it's a weird one like I don't see them as these kind of artificial 2D characters and I do see them more as 3D yeah so I'm I feel sure like the three-dimensional
0: kind of comes in their songs because they do kind of act as like background um support in a lot of the other songs yeah um so I guess I don't know it's quite a difficult because then when he does say stuff about like they strike an attitude petulance defiance you can kind of see which character kind of that falls yeah, into yeah. Um, but I do feel like with every time I've seen the production and I've seen it I don't even want to admit. No, I haven't seen it that many times. But I saw it in Edinburgh Fringe and I saw it um, recently in London. And each time I see, for example, characters like um, Jane Seymour, who's played by um, Natalie Paris. Paris, And then obviously Amy Atkinson. They've been in it since this production and their performances have improved 100%. Like I really see the struggle within Amy Atkinson's character. And Natalie Paris, the last time I saw her perform, was the best she's ever sang that song in terms of acting ability. Um
1: i think because it is just such a new musical they are slowly just progressing in how they're portraying their their own characters you know so yeah. i think it will get there. i can see where it comes from because obviously like it's so heavily rooted in pop that you kind of see these queens as like previous like uh musical uh pop stars like i don't know uh ambeline's very avril Lavigne, and then mm, like yeah, jane seymour's very adele and uh Uh, Anne of Cleves is very, like, Cardi B, Nicki minaj So, you know, like, I can see where the tropes are kind of forming, but I like now that the way it's progressing is that these queens and these actresses are finding their own interpretations behind the characters. Awesome. So we are now finally going to move on to our curtain call. So this is kind of where we uh, chat about what we thought about the show in regards to feathers, and then we also talk about our stars. So we're going to first start with the star of the show. So... Uh, my star of the show this week is going to go to Alexia McIntosh, who plays uh, Anne of Cleves. Oh uh, obviously, we're not meant to have our favourites in the show because at the end, we're meant to be like, nope, we've got a bond with all of them as a united group. But Alexia McIntosh slays this whole show. She is phenomenal, she's hilarious. You just have to see her. You have to see her do Anne of Cleanse. She literally changes (laughs) up like every time. (laughs) For a character that's been really like, literally like dumped upon in history for just being this like ugly character. Yeah. Alexis McIntosh is just fierce and so great. She's, yeah, she's just my queen Every
0: time I've seen her sing that song, she adds different bits that literally make me cry. There's this bit when she literally says something about keeping the meat on a bone. And I've seen it to her doing it like sultry, like keep that, I can't remember what the line is keep it on the bone yeah. and she's done it like that and then the last time I saw it she literally <laughs> yelled it and she has the most interesting eyes like her mm. eyes tell that story and honestly I was dying yeah was, she's a great she's storyteller insane and you Lucy my star of the show is going to be Don't I think it's gonna be Natalie Paris yeah only so? because I've seen her improvement from the original six which I personally think she didn't shined to me. The stars in that show were definitely Amy Atkinson and Renee Lamb who played Catherine Aragon. Like she slayed the house down. But her rendition of Heart of Stone in the recent production that I saw, I was like, whoa, you really understand that character. You understand that emotional journey. And her singing is, I don't think I've heard her sing like, you know sometimes you hear like a little like, ooh, they like nearly missed that note or like the little crack. She's a little bit flat. A little bit flat. She literally is, her voice I think comes from the gods. The gods. <laughs> <laughs> Vocally flawless. Yeah. And she is also flawless.
1: Okay, quick fire question of how you feel. How do you feel about all the queens being nominated as best supporting for Olivier's? Ooh, just very ooh. quick, just very quick answer.
0: Um. It makes me feel confused. Yeah. Because I don't feel like you can comp- compare the, oh, oh, the joint efforts of six yeah. c- amazing to women one. to yeah. one. Exactly.
1: Because. I think they <laughs> should have been nominated solely not together. Yeah. Not because they're not. Talented, all of them. They some of them are as talented as people nominated for supporting. But I just feel like all six of them together is just a bit more of like but a. I,
0: and also, like this is that whole thing with like some people have um, recorded that the alternates have been nominated for best supporting as well. Like, yeah. but, but their names aren't on the ballot, and yeah. it's like, well, shouldn't they be? Because if they're going to nominate all of them, it's then a joint effort. It's a joint you know? effort, and yeah. also I feel like nominating them as a whole six kind of reduces each of them. Like they're not good they're enough sixth, to a be a sixth of a yeah. Yeah, and which is like. Kind of the whole point of the musical yeah. that they need to be their own, th- their own person.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> we'll probably talk about this more on the Olivia ones. Okay. Uh. So feathers. So this is kind of where we're giving our uh, rating of what we thought of the show. It goes to a one to five. One being boo. Uh, five being amazing.
0: <laughs> one being boo. Um, yeah, one <laughs>
1: being boo, um, So for me, uh, my feathers are, it's a weird one. So as a production, I would give this a four feathers, but I'm not actually going to give it a four feathers. I'm going to give it a five feathers just because of the idea behind it, the message and the way it's changing musical theatre. So uh, for me, six is going to get five feathers.
0: Okay. I'm going to give it a 4.5 feathers Oh yeah. um because again revolutionized I think I've said revolutionized about five times but that's fine um because just because the way it's paved in musical theater I think it's an absolutely stunning idea the fact that it was written by two 23 year olds has to be credited I mean they're fantastic um however just that struggle with some of the writing like the stuff about the miscarriages and just some of the like some of the dialogue seems very forced and very gaggy I do feel like that when I watch it um, but the music is absolutely incredible, um, and it's a it's a great night out. It is um, a great night
1: out. But in but, terms
0: of it makes you think yeah, as well. Like, it's not, it's just not just like just...
1: A, it's not just a Joseph or a Mary Poppins or a nine to five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why I'm giving it four and a half stars. I think it's fantastically executed production, costume, singing, lights, action, band, <laughs> um, writing. Maybe needs a little bit of a tweaky tweak.
1: All right, so we're now going to finish uh, on our little quiz for our next podcast. But before we do that, uh, where can we find you on social media, Lucy?
0: You can find me, uh, Lucy Helen Performing Arts, on Instagram, and um, also on Facebook, Lucy Helen Performing Arts. Also, if you want to find me in person, <laughs> um, yeah. we'll be at um, Shook's um, launch night at the Above the Arts yep. um, on Saturday at Which seven. is
1: above 6. Mm-hmm. Above 6. Yeah. Woo.
0: Um, you can still buy be, tickets. Yeah, it's going to be a great night filled with um, loads of millennial love um, and millennial support. So get out and support your upcoming artists. Yes, if you and can... the original Catherine of Aragon, yes, before, the very, yeah. very, very original one. She's going to be there.
1: <laughs> and yeah, you can grab your tickets if there's any left by this time on the Arts Theatre website uh and for me you can find me on twitter at anton underwood and also at uh instagram antoine Exo, and that's with Gossip two e's <laughs> you can also follow our um production company uh taximan productions at taximan productions on instagram uh taximan productions on facebook and then taximan prod on twitter so lucy take it away we're going to be doing our last little quiz
0: so unless i forget that i have tickets for oh, this show God on wednesday is. we will be doing this secret show so here we go first clue this show warms baked goods in the theater bars so that the auditorium and the foyer smell welcoming and delicious what could that be anton (laughs) second um this was broadway's first all-female creative team (gasps) and apparently the west end as well i think that is true for the west end as well um and the third clue is Uh, a pop artist wrote and starred in this show and has described it as her childhood dream come true
1: Ooh, what could it be so there are three questions there that could give you a hint as to what our next podcast will be about but thank you for listening to our podcast this week we hope you enjoyed it please do go buy your tickets at six it'll be on all year and it's definitely worth it
0: thanks for listening guys thanks guys Bye. bye